Hey everybody, we're back, we made it, we survived. This is episode 84 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, sitting right next to me, as always, is my pal DeQuincy. Hey guys, what's up? Like I said, we survived and, and we really hope everybody else out there is okay. Um, this, these two weeks have been insane. Um, but we're going to try and get back to normal. We're trying our best to get back to normal and this podcast is always a good way to do that for us at least. And hopefully it'll help some folks out there start getting back to normal as well. But um, right now we're watching uh, the, I have, I recorded the Mayweather-McGregor fight from the night that the storm, Hurricane Harvey, like, started. Yeah. Um, I had some friends over. De Quincey was invited, but... And was going to make my way over. Right, and made the very, 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 very wise decision of not venturing out across town. We basically, we live on opposite sides of town. Yeah. Um, to come watch this fight. Like, um, literally... The name of our little company is 288. It's because of that's the main road that the freeway that I take to get from my house to Anthony's house. And if you've seen the pictures, you'll realize that 288 was underwater for most of Hurricane Harvey. So if I came over on Saturday night to watch the fight, I probably wouldn't have gotten home till Monday at the earliest. At the earliest, or yeah, if at all. In my little car, there's no way my little uh, my little Nissan car was going, my <laughs> Nissan Sentra was going to be able to handle those waves out there. It, it was insane, man. And, and so we're we're watching uh, while we're getting ready mm-hmm. to start recording. We I put on uh, the fight, and uh, we both saw. We did both wind up watching the fight. Um, one of us a legal way, and one of us a shady way uh, not, yeah I guess that's a good way to put it but we're in the sixth round and Floyd's starting to take over but what I mean before we get into like the chaos that was the Hurricane Harvey and that whole week and just everything mm-hmm. you know this happened first basically <laughs> this yeah. fight you know we're trying to go in some order at least okay. the fight happened um, the biggest fight of well the biggest fight of the year um, the biggest boxing match of the year is I would next say more, week. More of the this was the the biggest spectacle of the year. Yeah, the biggest boxing match of the year will be next week, uh, September sixteenth. Mm-hmm. Canelo versus Triple G, which is going to be huge. Um, but this Mayweather McGregor fight, I mean, you know, it brought both sports together again. Um, this time, a MMA fighter going over to boxing. Trying his hand against, you know, arguably the best defensive fighter of our generation, if yeah. not ever. Um, Conor McGregor talked his way into another, like, mega fight. Um, which, I mean, kudos to him. Because he he not only talks his way into these fights, more times than not, he backs it up, puts on a great show. And proves that he is one of the best overall athletes or overall fighters and entertainers in the world today. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why 6.5 million people, or 6.5 million, an estimated 6.5 million, uh, you know, pay-per-view buys were were bought. I, I'm sorry, I, 
because there, was, there were a lot a lot of money was made here. Yeah, that and, night. and a large part of that was the interest that people had in Connor and what he could do in a boxing ring for the first time ever professionally. Um, and it was a spectacle. It was chaotic leading up to it, you know, the build up to the fight. The fight itself was not so much chaotic. It was it was a boxing match. And it, it was, was it was textbook. It was, um, as most people predicted, Floyd was going to let uh, Connor basically just burn himself out the first six rounds. And yeah. after that, Mayweather went to work. That That's, yeah, exactly what it was. I mean, I've watched a lot of Conor McGregor fights over the past, like, three years. And, you know, he's been fortunate enough to stop most of his opponents early. Uh, so you, he really hasn't... His cardio has never really been tested, except for um, a couple of times. The two Diaz fights, he got to the third, I think it was the third round of the first Diaz fight, and he gassed out. Mm -hmm. Granted, he was fighting a a much larger guy, was used to knocking out guys his size with the same punches he was throwing against the larger guy, and and he even said as much. And I think most people agreed that his, you know, he wasn't efficient with those with, with his strikes. Mm-hmm. And he got choked out as a result. The second fight, the rematch, they went all five rounds. It was a tough, tough five rounds for that guy. He didn't. He did not look fresh coming out of that fight. After you know, the Diaz fight. After the second Diaz fight, Floyd fights twelve rounds, whether you like the way he fights or not. But he goes twelve rounds, and he looks like he could go another twelve. You know, there's fighters that that do that. That. Are that good? They're that well conditioned, and that's not Connor's thing right now. He's, yeah, he's, that's that's Floyd's thing. Like you said, he's the best defensive fighter that we've ever seen, and basically that's what he does. He's going to let you burn yourself out by yeah. throwing you know every punch you can in order to try to connect and hopefully get an early knockout. Floyd's just going to stand back there. He's going to take what you can, and in the later rounds when you're tired and he's still fresh, he's going to basically um unload on you. Yeah. And, you know, in this fight, Connor started strong, mm-hmm. but Floyd said as much. Floyd said he, he's going to tire himself out with the switch stance, and he, he started the switch stance early, and it, it took a toll. I mean, it's it's not... It's a fast twitch move. You have to, you know, you have to be able to keep up for, for 12 rounds, and he wasn't able to. Um, switching stance... Stances, you know, whether you might, you know, whatever your thoughts are, it's it, it does take a toll on you. It's not an easy thing to do. You're you're having to switch your entire body to prepare to prepare different angles to prepare for you know a certain way to defend yourself mm-hmm. and you know your power output. What what kind of power is going to be behind your 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 punches and your jabs from from the different the different sides. So, so why does he fight that way, the switch? Um, because he's he's used to having the power advantage. In ter- and, and he did have the power advantage in this fight. Mm-hmm. But, he, but in terms of smaller gloves, you know, he, he's used to fighting in four-ounce gloves. And with that, he's able to knock guys out. And he's, he's oftentimes quicker. Um... And it's just what he's used to at this point, um, and it's worked. the the switching The switch stances have, have worked. He's won you know multiple titles in, in MMA, but with boxing, 
And also because in an MMA fight, you you can set up multiple things. You can set up takedowns. You can set up kicks, which which he's known for as well, which he does mm-hmm. very well. But with boxing, if you're switching the whole time, that's all you're doing. You're, it's like all you're doing is burning energy. That's all you're doing because you can't throw kicks. You can't take someone's back and throw them down or try and wrestle them on the ground or, or punch them from the ground. You know, it's... Uh, you're having to stay in the same spot, basically, in the same stance, you know, or the same, uh, you're, you're having to stay upright the whole time, you know, in a boxing match, so. What um, round do you think Connor just lost it? Six. The sixth round, he started getting tired. Um, yeah, because we're watching it right now, we're in a, about a minute, minute and a half to go in the eighth round, and his punches have nothing behind him. His, his punches didn't have anything behind him from the start, too. That was another thing. He... He did get some good licks in the first and second rounds. He got some really good uppercuts, some really good jabs. He was quick. Um, but he, he didn't plant enough, I, I feel like. I feel like he, he didn't – there wasn't a lot of force from his whole body when mm-hmm. he was throwing those punches. If you look at a lot of the shots he was throwing, they were kind of – they looked more like shoulder punches. But if you plant yourself down, if you're driving with your legs – Generating power from all the way from your from your feet through your your backside all the way through, man. There's a lot of power and there's a big difference when you even if you're just punching the bag or hitting a mitt, you can tell a big difference when you're just throwing with your shoulders or driving that punch, you know, from you know from your whole your whole uh, body. And he didn't do it, so. Uh, it would have been, I think, a different story if he had driven a little more, you know. Uh, I'm not sure because if he had been, you know, planting his body and, and driven a little bit more, the, he might have tired out sooner. Well, that, I mean, possibly. But in this case, you kind of have to go for broke. Mm, um, and especially making the predictions that he did. He was going to knock him out in four rounds, you know. And like you said, he had to go for broke because if – it had gone all twelve rounds and gone to the judges' table. They would have gave it to McGregor. I oh, mean, to, um, uh, to, to, Floyd. to Floyd. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, um, there's no no denying that. Um, but he he still made it interesting. Uh, most score cards, I think, had him. It was around 86, 85, 86, 84 area. So it was closer than I think most people uh, uh, pr- predicted. So I mean, it wasn't a bad fight. I mean, it was, it was impressive it, for a little while mm-hmm. on Connor's part. Um, but I don't think he should. And and uh, another thing, mm-hmm. he didn't utilize his uppercuts enough to break through Floyd's guard, throw some uppercuts, break through the guards. Just you know, whether whether it's it's actually whether he's actually. Hitting the face or hitting the body. <laughs> I'm sorry. We just started round uh, nine, no. and uh, McGregor had Mayweather in the corner, and he was looked like he was about to, you know, hold him and punch in the face. The referee had to come over and pull him away. It was like Warner, hey, you need to cut that shit out, man. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, he, he. Floyd was kind of indicating that he threw a low blow, um, and that's another thing. The referee didn't allow for a lot of holding. So when the fight ended in the tenth round. Floyd, or Connor 
did not have an opportunity to, to tie up, mm-hmm. to clinch, to try and catch his breath. And Floyd utilized a lot of the tactics that Connor should have used. You know, he was putting his driving his elbow in his throat. He was clinching more than Connor would, and you know, it, it took a toll on Connor. Mm-hmm. But when you when you throw these uppercuts as well, I mean, you're hitting the guy's arm essentially, and you you know, eventually somebody's arm is gonna have to wear out. And if you keep getting hit in the arm, it's gonna get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and that's your best chance of breaking through that guard and landing those uppercuts more. Um, and he just, I, I felt like he didn't do that enough. I mean, I think it could have, you know, changed things as well. But, um, you know, it's still a good fight. The stoppage, you know, it's debatable. I mean, look, Connor didn't go down. I feel like the referee, oh, sorry, the referee had to step in. It was like, I, I got to save this white boy because he about getting knocked out. Connor, if I remember correctly, couldn't, wasn't even putting his hands up anymore at the end. Yeah, he was so gassed. I mean, it, it just... At that point, the, I know some people are mad that there wasn't a Floyd knockout, but the ref has to step in and save the boxer from himself. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what it boiled down to. Um, I, I'm, I was good either way. Uh, I understand why everything, why it ended the way it did. So I'm not, excuse me, I'm not entirely upset with the stoppage, um, you know, early or not, you know, it, I, I was okay with it either way. Um, so, yeah, it was still, you know, an entertaining fight for a little while and um, I think better than most people expected and uh, probably better than most people hoped for, uh, especially if you're, when you're paying a hundred bucks for it. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was Saturday night. That was was April twenty fifth, I guess, or August twenty fifth. I'm sorry, and that was the night that this hurricane started, man. And that was just holy cow. It, you know, Houston will will never be the same after that, man. I mean, I, f- I mean, we live in Houston, so of course that's going to be our biggest concern. But there are literally towns along the way on the coast of Texas that don't exist anymore. Yeah. I believe it's uh, Rockport in between Houston and Corpus Christi. Uh, they've had officials go out there and say it looks like the town was never existed. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the same thing as, that's happening with the uh, hurricanes that are now forming out in the Gulf. Hurricane um, Irma, mm-hmm. who's uh, making its way towards Florida, supposed to make landfall on Sunday. I mean, we'll, we'll sit here and we'll people will say, oh, pray for Florida and everybody in there in the Floridians. But it's like there are little um, islands on the way that just completely got destroyed. Yeah. I believe it's St. Martin where it's like uh, the uh, what's it called? Not the president. What's it called? Prime Minister came out and said basically there was 100% destruction. So it's like we think about Houston and we think about Florida but we really but we should also be concerned with the little towns and the the little little guy. Yeah, little places are along the way that aren't gonna see the billion dollars come in from FEMA or the United States Mm -hmm. and are basically like it's gonna take Houston years to recover this. But places like that, like Little Rock, Texas and Saint uh, Saint Martin will probably never recover. Yeah, uh, it was just unbelievable that, and to see all this happening so 
close together. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no break for anybody to um, to try and fully recover. So mm -hmm. it was, uh, man, just uh, I I still I'm still trying to process mm -hmm. just everything that I saw. Um, thankfully, you know, we're, we're recording because we were fortunate enough to not have experienced um, or, to, you know, lost anything mm -hmm. personally. Um, neither one of us had any flood damage. Uh, you know, our, our homes our homes were fine. Our families were fine. Yeah. Um, didn't even lose any power during the storm. You? I, yeah, no, I, I really didn't. And, and, and to be honest with you, when I sit there and I'm looking around, I look around my apartment, I'm like, oh, yes, no damage. My lights are still working. Internet's fine. Everything still got cable. And then you turn on the news and you just see people's, like, the water is in their second story house. The water is up to the second story. And people are literally taking boats to go rescue people off of their roofs. And bring it to somewhere safe, and it kind of feel makes you feel like I don't know about you, but like it made me feel like a jackass to be like oh, everything's fine over here. But you watch people whose memories and their homes and everything just been destroyed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I um, we have friends that were you know constantly texting me and mm -hmm. texting us to mm -hmm. hey, you know, we're gonna go volunteer, we're gonna go do this, and do that, and it's like, man, I, I would. I would like to help, but at, at the at certain points, there were just it just wasn't feasible. Mm -hmm. The roads were still not accessible, um, even from where I'm at, which you know, for our local local listeners, and I'm close to the heights. And for a few days, I you know, there was no way anybody was getting into downtown from my area. Um, it just you know, there were just times where it just wasn't feasible to work. You know, to you know, for us to to get there and to, to be a part of it. Like, um, like Lily, I, sh I put a picture on my face, Facebook where my job had, told, had asked me to come in on Monday and I put a picture on Facebook that showed every highway in Houston yeah. basically closed down. Uh, but uh, Monday, uh, let's see, I work for the city of Houston in a mechanic shop uh, fixing up uh, any kind of vehicles, light duty vehicles from and up to the heavy trash trucks. So my uh, workplace is up north off of basically 610 and uh, Kelly. And um, I live down south off of 610 and Kirby. I'm right across the street from Reliance. Oh, I'm sorry, NRG. Right. I will call it Reliance to the day I die. <laughs> but um, first off, getting like I said earlier, getting there from 28, impossible. So uh, I had to take 610 and for you, you, for the people out of town listening to this, 610 is basically the highway. It's a big circle around the city of Houston. So I headed 610 west trying to make it there. And when I'm telling you, I hydroplaned at least two times. And I was going like 40 miles an hour because, you know, you don't know when you're going to hit a stretch, a patch of water. Cause it doesn't reflect you just it just looks like part of the road until you hit it and then you're just stuck yep so uh i finally got off of 610 and kelly and uh when i and in order to go through my job there are places where the road dips down underneath parts of freeways railroad tracks and there's like three different areas where it does that but in those three areas it like surrounds my job and each one of those three areas had 
the um, dip had at least 14 feet of water. The one closest to my job had 16 feet of water. When they finally drained it on Friday, they found three cars down there. Oh, my God. Luckily, no one was in the car. People were able to escape. But still, it's been... um, It was crazy uh, trying to do anything around the city. Yeah. I mean, there was... It just... It was... Truly um, frightening just to see how much water was around this city. Um, there was, there's so, you know, it's hard to talk about because I can't imagine, a, I can't imagine what people who lost everything or lost anything to everything, um, what they could be going through. Um, it was there was tragedy all around Um, but we still we still like pulled ourselves together I feel like yeah I would say like anytime there's tragedy there are good humans out there that are willing to risk their lives for others Uh, we've seen um, basically I know sometimes we'll talk about those good old boys, those rednecks, um, we'll talk down them, but when your house is full of water, you need one of those guys with the lifted truck and the the um, the boat ready to go to save your ass. And that's exactly what we've seen. People out here um, in trucks and boats, SUV, uh, not SUVs, but basically like heavy-duty, heavy-duty Humvees and Hummers out here uh, picking up people, taking them to rescue centers, uh, people all over Houston going wherever they can to volunteer, uh, people in the neighborhoods opening up their houses for their neighbors if their house wasn't flooded to bring them in somewhere safe. Yeah. And um, I'm just, during all this, I've been so impressed by the city, by the city and um it's resonance as people reaching out and helping each other during this time of need and so many people have done so many things like you talk about the athletes um jj watt started his little his uh what was it? the houston flood what's it called his flood relief fund started off with i think he started with what a hundred thousand or was it two hundred two hundred thousand currently it's over 29 million yeah. Um, uh, J- James Harden donated a million. Uh, CP3 Chris Ball- Paul donated, uh, I think, 50,000. Um, and just seeing people from all over the world just giving their money to help people here has been, it's like. Houston is so it's a, large and diverse yes. that I think the impact was felt, was truly felt globally. I mean,. You know, we're the energy capital of the world. We are, uh, you know, we have, it is we're the, the fourth largest city in, in the country. It's the most diverse city in the country, as I say. Yeah. And I'll say the last n- nine months with certain people in the White House has made me distrust people. But seeing all these people come together has been like a blessing. It makes me thankful and believe in humanity again. Yeah, I mean, it... it People 
put everything aside, put their differences aside, and came and helped each other in, in a time of great need. And you know, it's it's truly been impressive to see, you know, everybody pulling together and not letting anybody down. Um, and you know, hopefully, we'll continue to do so for as long as as people need it. And hopefully. Um, you know, we can lead it as an example to other, you know, when, unfortunately, when things like these do happen around the country, around the, the world, you know, like, hopefully we can be an example of... Like of, what's currently happening in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just have one rant. But people are leaving, but more people are leaving Florida yeah. than they are. I have one, speaking of leaving, that's more of my rant. Stupid people online talking about, oh, how come people in Houston didn't evacuate? You knew the hurricane was coming, blah, yeah. blah, blah. First off, we didn't know where the hurricane was going. You look at the models for up to 48 hours, 24 hours before the hurricane hit. Models had it going in everywhere from basically San Antonio to Dallas to Louisiana. We had no idea where it was going. Yeah. Secondly, I just want to say this. Go Google pictures of Houston during Hurricane Rita. See how that evacuation went. People in, in lines from Houston to San Antonio, Houston to Dallas. Houston to Dallas is usually a three-hour trip. People were on the freeway for 17 hours. Yeah, you probably, 100 people you probably died. My, probably saw my family's cars. And yeah. <laughs> in some of those pictures. We were, yeah. we're in that, uh, that oh, mess. Yeah, 100 people died during that evacuation. And that wasn't even the entire city because it wasn't a mandatory evacuation. I know because I was at home just chilling. But it's like, And Houston's population has at least doubled since Yeah. Since then, the population of Houston is 2.5 million people. The entire Harris County is a little bit over 6 million people. There isn't a freeway system in America that has that has been built to handle that kind of load. Mm -hmm. People would have been stuck on freeways while that storm hit. And you've seen how all these roads flooded. People would have died yeah. trying to escape. It was so, the right call. It was it's the, the right call. The right no call. Yeah, I want. That's why I, I want to thank uh, Mayor Sylvester Turner for making the correct call and for doing everything that he's done. Gotta love situation. Sly Turner. He's yeah. got my vote. Well, unless Booker T runs. I'm sorry. Someone just uh, saved. Just uh, handled a, a once in a lifetime storm like a champ. Yeah. Do you know how many people have died in a storm? It's about. I think they say about 67 people and for like like I said an area of 6 million that's impressive yeah it's still tragic but yes but still it could have been a hell of a lot worse if we evacuate like some of you dumb fools said yeah um, people up there and that never seen any kind of flood in the middle of the damn country why did y'all evacuate why don't you shut the hell up for it today they'll take your damn house away <laughs> let the professionals exactly you ain't even seen a damn beach before when telling me how to handle a hurricane. <laughs> bitch! Well, no, I'm sorry. No, it's, I mean, I... I, I I'm sorry to you, that. not to them fools. <laughs> well, you know, Houston is always going to be home for me, and, you know, this will always... Uh, this whole event will always, you know, it's something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. um, and... You know, I'll 
hopefully, you know, we can do more. We'll be able to continue to, to do more and, and help help each other out. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, like I said, part of this getting this recorded, you know, as this was the, you know, uh, this was the freest time that we've had. This is the best chance we've had to, to record, to talk yeah. since this all happened. We've both been busy with work and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So Yes, because one of us now works seven days a week <laughs> for, for cleanup. I'll give you a hint. It's not Anthony. <laughs> so, you know, and, and so like I said, the, the podcast recording tonight is it's about trying to get back to normal. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, doing our part or doing what we could to kind of help get back to normal um, not just, you know for definitely the listeners but you know for us ourselves as well and you know um, get back to this thing and, and you know we got we got to move forward for this show at least mm-hmm. um, and uh, man let's talk about you know it's it's not easy transitioning I feel weird transitioning over but let's talk about let's, let's talk about the Astros man. okay during this whole thing we got just uh, Justin Verlander mm-hmm. in a huge trade. Haven't lost since we traded for him. On as of this recording, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. But on August thirty first, we got him. He's on the roster. He's playoff eligible. I mean, this is. This was the trade that you know fans had been clamoring for. This was the type of move fans had been clamoring for since July. It took us a month to get there, an extra month to get there. But wow, you know this guy is future Hall of Famer. Yes, future Hall of Famer, former Cy Young Award winner, MVP uh, winner, MVP. Uh, just past his prime. Or he's, at the end of his prime. He's on the the back nine, as we say. Okay. But still good. Mm-hmm. Still throws hard. Still strikes out. And is playing on a much better team than he was this year. And he was still having a pretty good year with Detroit. Considering that he was with that Detroit team that kind of started imploding. You know. That Detroit team that's basically on the, <laughs> on the way to rebuild City. Yeah. And what do you think about the? Tra- I mean, what do you think about what we gave up? Because I feel like we didn't really give up that much in the end. Okay, so to set it up, uh, we traded away uh, pitcher Franklin Perez, outfitter Daz Cameron, and uh, catcher Jake Rogers. Um, for me, I felt like it was a fair trade for on both ends. Um, I. I pay attention to the Astros farm system. So for me, I was like, as long as they don't trade uh, Kyle Tucker or Forrest uh, Whitley, I'll be okay. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, there was no way they were going to give up those guys unless, jeez, I mean, unless you were getting a a prime Greg Maddox (laughs) combined with Clayton Kershaw and, you know, Randy Johnson, I guess. You know, if you morphed all those guys into one super pitcher, maybe. But you know, Whitley is having a really good year on the farm. I just saw, um, and you know, he uh, he's a guy you want to hold on to for now, considering. Yeah, he'll probably be in Houston in two years. 
just but he's in double A already. Yeah. Um, but going back to the guys we gave up, um, Jake Rogers is a defense first uh, catcher who's um, really come along lately with his bat. Daz Cameron, who is uh, son of Mike Cameron. Yep. Um, I'm. He has all the. The tools. I'm just not sure if he'll ever be able to put it together. And uh, Franklin Perez, he has the upside of a number two pitcher. Um, he's definitely the sparkling jewel in this trade for Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the rotation starting not at the beginning of next year, but he'll probably be like a midseason to September call-up. Okay. But uh, Next year. Yeah. But um, for me, it's, like I said, it's a fair trade for both teams. The Astros get a pitcher who helped them in the postseason, who's uh, been fantastic in his career in the postseason, um, and the I'm gonna say the Rangers and the Tigers get their uh, their pieces for the future. Yeah. Now I feel like Cameron and Rogers will be a close to a lottery ticket, but Perez is gonna be a guy that he's gonna be in that rotation for for a while for. You know, you can write him in for another eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's that's good. I mean, that's that's not bad, man. Um, another thing about another thing about Verlander is, even though it is a lot of money, mm-hmm. he's still under he's still under contract for two years. You know, even if he's just entering the back nine, as you say, if you can get something out of those two years, if you can get. Seventy-five percent of what he used to be—that's not bad. That's still not bad to have. I mean, it is still a lot of money that he's owed. I get that, but if you know, he can be—he's dependable. That—that's especially yeah. in this rotation. That's very important. That's uh, Verlander's only had one year since his rookie year that he that that he has made less than thirty starts. Mm-hmm. So. That like it's, we just said is important because Keiko has been injury prone the last two years. McCullers, uh, McHugh just came has come back uh, what about a month ago. Yeah. And so you have injury risk and Charlie Morton who's been injury risk since day one of his career. Of his career. So you have question marks in the rotation, and this is a guy who solidifies it. Like if you can't trust anything, you can trust that you can give the ball to Justin Verlander. Yeah, and he's going to be out there and, and you know throwing hard and giving you innings. And even in, for the next two years, he's still going to have that defense with him. He's still going to have uh, JJ Redick and Springer, Correa, Bregman. Bregman, Altuve. I mean, that's a that's still a great defense behind him. How can you you know how can you not like his chances? For the next couple of years that we still have him, to um, to be a solid one, two, or three at any given moment. Mm-hmm. So I I really like the trade. I like the going for it now attitude mm-hmm. as well. And this is this is our chance. This is supposed to. This should be our year. I mean. Because the Indians are getting way too close. They just won their 16th straight game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Astros are about to play, in, about to start in about 10 minutes, and they're seeking their 8th straight win. 
and it's it's been a lot of streaks going on. And obviously the the torrid pace that that this team went on early, obviously that wasn't sustainable mm-hmm. for the whole year, and it's shown. I mean, guys have tailed off a little bit. Springer did get hurt. Um, Correa got hurt as well. He's finally back. Um, the bullpen just got exposed last yeah. month. I think the ERA was above five. Yeah, thank God for September call-ups because mm-hmm. at least you've got, even if the bullpen is still your weak spot, at least this last month of of the year of going into the postseason, you can still rest your guys that you can depend mm-hmm. on and you're not going to tax them too much because um, you can bring up you know an extra you know, 10, mm-hmm. 15 guys. If you want to bring all those guys up for, uh, you know, for the bull, just for the bullpen, they got nothing else to do. Right, so be it. But you know, make sure Davinsky and make sure Harris uh, and Giles are all well rested and, and ready to go for the playoffs because that's really when you're going to need them. We've got our lead is too great right now um, to you know to not start looking ahead. But they need to keep winning to keep that uh, number one seed. Yeah, the best yeah. record in the AL. Because it doesn't seem like the Indians are ever going to lose again. <laughs> um, I was going to say, how do you think the pitching rotation uh, ends up in the playoffs? Oh, I think it's going to go. I think you'll have you'll go, Keuchel, Verlander, and then McCullers. Mm. Um, maybe even Morton. Instead of McCullers, and McCullers still. I mean, that's the thing that's been frustrating about this guy. He's got electric stuff, and he's still in, a little too inconsistent. It's tough to get him out of to get him past six innings. He throws a lot of pitches, but he strikes out a lot of guys as well. Um, but. I feel like Morton has had that. He's been definitely more consistent this year. Out of nowhere, it seems like. I don't ever remember Charlie Morton being this good. When I when I saw that we signed him, I was like, really? Charlie Morton? Like, I guess. But then, man, he has been lights out for most of the year. One of those rare guys where his fastball has actually gotten faster yeah. in his career, I think. I remember they were playing the series against the Yankees. And I, I was watching him. He's pitching to, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was Judge or Gregorius, one of those guys. But I saw him light up the, the radar gun at 97. I was like, my good God. Lord. Of course, he got injured like yeah. in the next start. <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was insane. So I agree with you. I think it's going to go uh, Keiko, uh, Verlander, McCullough's one, two, three. And then any other game, they're, they're going to be like, well, Morton, you're going three. Peacock, you're going three. And the rest of the game is bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, on paper, those are your three best options. You know, that's that. those are the three options that you want to go with. Um, but, hey, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't be upset if, if Hinch went with um, Morton over McCullers. I wouldn't be entirely upset. Especially if you're looking to win now, but you know, so but right now, yeah, I mean, Lance is definitely the guy for that last spot, which is fine. And but he's he's got to come through. He's got to start coming through. 
more. He's, mm -hmm. he's got to put a string of good starts. The, whatever he has left this year, this regular season, needs to be quality. Mm -hmm. I just want to give a quick uh, some love to two guys. Uh, Joe Mus Joe Musborough, mm -hmm. who has turned into a Chris Davinsky like weapon yep. from the bullpen. Um, <laughs> that guy has turned the season around. And one guy who really stepped up when Carlos Correa went down, and that's Alex Bregman. Just well, yeah, just just hang that both for those. That guy, I mean, he's doubled all of his stats since <laughs> I dropped him in fantasy. <laughs> and I, I, thank you. I know that's why. That's really why you brought this up. No, he said. When Correa was um, on disabled list, he hit, I believe, it was three thirty four. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's doubled his home run total mm -hmm. since a month and a half ago. Um, yeah, the guys, he's a just man. He is a psycho out there right now. He's yes, nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's hitting. He's hitting what we were hoping he would mm -hmm. he would hit. He's finally, you know, coming together. That's for all you idiots on Astro Twitter that wanted to trade it two months ago when he was hitting <laughs> 254. How does it feel now? Jerks. Dummies. You damn fools. Your opinions stink. You stink, and you should be sad, and I'm sad that you're not sad. <laughs> all right. Um, we're about to return into the game right now. Hopefully the uh, Astros can keep their winning ways. Where are they tonight? Oakland? Oakland. All right. Oakland. Oakland. All right. Uh, moving on. Ready to talk? I'm not ready to talk football, but we've got to talk about it okay. because um, I've been so, you know, like, not distracted, but um, occupied with the Astros, with just the way this mm -hmm. team has played all year, um, that I kind of forgot that football was here essentially that was you know the season was starting I uh, one more guy we're watching Cameron the game Maven. yeah he's on screen right now but I know that he's gonna go under under the radar because we just picked him up from the Angels as a waiver deal yeah but he, he's come over here and raked three home runs yeah what four games mm -hmm. uh, stealing bases him and Altuve are neck and neck with yeah. steals so you know Hey, why not go for a little friendly competition? Mm -hmm. You know, and from what I all accounts, he's a good guy. The Angels, even after they traded him, is it true that they they nominated him as their uh, Roberto Clemente yeah. recipient? Mm -hmm. Like that's insane. The guy that you just yeah. traded, he's still the best guy that is on your team, and he's not even there. <laughs> he's not even there, and he's like the the best dude in your clubhouse. Like that's insane. Um, so man, anytime you can get a guy like that, gotta like it. You gotta like a guy who has a good mindset, who can uh, surprise you, you know, or, or exceed your expectations mm -hmm. on and off the field. Yeah. Uh, but going back to football, but before we go to football, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about something that um, we didn't bring up during the hurricane. We. Are part of a uh, fantasy football league <laughs> that we've been. This league has been going on for what six, seven years? About six years. Yeah, six say. years. It started when uh, Anthony and I were working uh, with the Houston Astros. Uh, yes, we worked in the customer service department many moons ago. 
Um, it was uh, the two of us and eight of and eight of our other friends, and um, we had the unfortunate uh, timing of our draft because <laughs> when was our draft? Saturday. Yeah, the Saturday of uh, Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. You want to blame the commissioner for this? I don't because I'm the commissioner. Right. <laughs> Now, see, what happened was our draft was originally on Friday, but one of our members, he uh, messaged me on Facebook, said he wouldn't be able to make it, so I moved it to Saturday. So I blame him. I blame him that my team stinks. (laughs) (laughs) So, going up, basically... Everyone's team, except for the one, uh, the one guy who emailed, who messaged me, everyone's team got auto drafted, and I don't think anyone except for him likes their team. <laughs> I learned the hard way that a uh, running back goes fast. At least it went fast this year because my two, my starting running backs are Baltimore's Terrence West and Philadelphia's Legarrette Blunt. I might get a grand total of 10 points from the both of them. And I know it's not sexy or cool to complain about your fantasy team, but this is A, this is our podcast, and B, you can always skip ahead. Right. Uh, do you want to complain about your team real quick? Well, I feel like you you could. I think you might be able to get some uh, quality out of LeGarrette Blontis. Oh, and uh, the, guy I'm, running back. the guy I'm taking on has Tyreek Hill. Oh, boy, he went off on Thursday yes. night. Our league also does bonuses for like touchdowns Ooh. over fifty yards. So you want to guess how many points Hill got for uh, Esteban this week? He uh, twenty four. Yep. It says wow. You got some. You got a hole. You got to climb out of. Yeah. Take yourself out of. I got nine from Steven Goskowski, so at least I got that looking for me. I got one point from Rex Burkhead, who was one of my running backs from New England. Wow. I've never even heard of him. Uh, to be honest, Rex Burkhead sounds like a fake name, in my opinion. I've got he, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, at least you got one good guy. From uh, Carolina, but he's, he's a rookie? Yep. Is, it? Is that right? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be pretty good? Mm, no. Would you like to trade him? <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Damn. And then Dalvin Cook from Minnesota. Who, I, who knows what this guy's got to offer. And then I've got Jay Ajay. On my bench, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's it for running backs. But man, I haven't had a good running back since I guess Lashawn McCoy a couple of years ago. I got the one running back I did not want, and that was Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> I don't like like karmically. I don't like having guys who assaulted women on my team. Ah, uh, so uh, not having. But anyway, let's get back to football. Well, actual football. Um, we were talking about earlier. How do you feel about the uh, the Texans? What little you paid attention to? Well, um, I've oh, wow, Altuve with a home run. That is gone. Um, we're watching this Altuve home run. AL MVP. Yeah. He's, he's going to have four straight 200-plus hit seasons. He's got to be. Judge is falling off a cliff. He's got to be. He's got to be. There's no one else close. If he keeps up this pace, he could be. He could very well be the greatest hitter of all time. Wow. He's got. He will have four straight 200-plus hit seasons. Like nobody since what Pete Rose has done that. It seems like. Oh, it's your your friends. Yeah, some of my season ticket holders, or well, my old season ticket holders, from. 
the Astros there in Oakland. I just saw them holding up the Jose sign. That's awesome. Those sweet retro rainbow colored mm-hmm. sweaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, yeah, I always, for, back to football, I always have hope. I always, you know, hope for the best for my team, you know, the Texans. And uh, look, you're getting a healthy J.J. Watt back. Mm-hmm. The same J.J. Watt from two years ago? Maybe not. Probably not. Um, yeah, we've had this conversation before. You, When your back is aching, you never know what you're going to get from it, even when you think you're healthy. Right. And, But that defense is still good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was good last year without him. Um, so having him on back can only be an, an improvement. Uh, you have... It seems like you have a stable, or you have some stability at the quarterback position again, or finally, I don't know how you want to look at it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, but Tom Savage, well, he's getting the start, right? Mm-hmm. So he's getting the I'm chance. sorry, you didn't say his correct name. It's uh, the Macho Man Tom Savage. Thank you very much. <laughs> he's So he's getting the opportunity while they are letting uh, Deshaun Watson um, you know, while they're letting him learn, learn the position, well, not the position, but learn, uh, learn the league, learn the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people were calling for him to start right away, which I get it. You know, you want to—he's a—he's a top prospect. You know, he's one of the best quarterbacks. He's a former college, you know, football champion quarterback. They want their shiny new toy. Yeah, but I think they're doing the smart thing by letting him sit in the bench and learn. But I would, uh, if I were to guess, if everything goes correctly, he'll probably be the starter after the bye week. Which is fine. I mean, that's, what, six weeks into the season? That's that's still a lot of time for him to, uh, a lot of time for him to learn, and mm-hmm. then a lot of time after that to put it all together and to mm-hmm. show people what he's got. Um you know, you've got DeAndre Hopkins back. Who just got paid. <laughs> Your running back situation looks pretty solid. You still have LeVar Miller, right? Mm-hmm. LeVar Miller? Yeah. And then who was the other guy that they just drafted? Uh, Devontae Freeman. Right, and there's, I've heard, I'm hearing good things about him too, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think LeVar Miller... I feel like I should know this considering I've actually paid attention to the league. <laughs> and look, you know, let's be honest, this division is not a uh, terrifying division to be in. No, it is not. <laughs> Although I don't understand all the love that Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. I don't understand all the love people are giving to Tennessee. It just reminds me of a couple years ago when people on ESPN and Sports Live were jumping on the Jacksonville bandwagon and they predictably went below 500. It's like, I need to see it on the field at least one time, one year from you before I'm going to believe you. And I, I don't know. I still think this division is the Texans division to win because uh, you, you definitely can't trust the Jags. Uh, we'll see about the uh, Titans. And the Colts have lost Andrew Luck for some time between one week to 36 weeks. That boy's... Yeah, he's... I mean, he's clearly proven not to be the next... He is the most 
overrated quarterback in the league. And I say, I know that might be a hot take, but I say that with the utmost confidence. But I understand why. Mm-hmm. I understand why he was so overrated. I mean, when you take a chance like that, getting rid of a Hall of Fame quarterback like Peyton Manning, you didn't know he was going to come back to win a title. You know, two years after a major neck surgery, you know, it's understandable, and you have to justify getting rid of that guy. So, sure, you're going to overhype the next guy that you bring in, and um, he's good, but he's clearly never going to be Peyton Manning good. So, <laughs> very few are. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's pick some division winners. Okay. I'll wait for you to get to the standing page so you can actually see. Let us see. There we go. Let's we'll start with the National League. The NFC. Yeah, the NFC. Sorry. Ooh. Still, still J- in baseball. Move. I said Whoa. J.J. Reddick earlier. It's Josh Reddick. I don't know why <laughs> I said I'm mixing basketball and baseball and football. It's just too much. We are becoming our parents when we just mix things together. Yeah. I'm just thankful I didn't mm. say the, the McGregor-Merriweather fight, which I've heard too many people say. My dad will still call the Colts the Baltimore Colts. So. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I, every day I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach that level. Oh, well, ours would be what? The Washington Bullets? No. What I have now that I do, I still, um, the Rams and the Chargers. I forget oh, yeah. they're both in L.A., so it's still the San Diego Chargers and the uh, St. Louis Rams. <laughs> I remember I was looking up, uh, I don't know what, I was on ESPN, I was looking for the names, and I was like, where is San Diego? I was like, oh, no, it's L.A. <laughs> All right, so you ready? Let's do it. All right. Um, uh, whatever division you want to start with, pick. give me a winner. Let's, let's go with the a- NFC North. Okay. It's just I think we can just get that one out of the way. Yeah, it's going to be the Packers. Yeah. As long as uh, Aaron Rodgers is still healthy, mm-hmm. um, that's his division. Agreed. And the Bears are rebuilding. Yep. Um, the Lions will always be the Lions, no matter what season they had yesterday. And I don't. I just don't trust the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you can when Stan, Sam Bradford is your quarterback. True. You know you're going to lose him for about six games somewhere during the season. <laughs> so I, I believe their upside is limited by what they have at the quarterback position. Sure. I, I totally agree. Okay. Uh, moving on, let's do the... And they just lost Adrian Peterson. Yep. For good. For good. Forever and ever. To uh, the NFC South. Okay. Uh, the New Orleans Saints. I mean... How is that going to work? That offense has never been designed for a running back. My problem isn't their offense. Their offense has been good since Sean Payton and um, Drew Brees got together. My problem is their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had one of the worst defense um, about four years running. Well, since they got caught. Oh, Bounty Gate? Yeah. <laughs> Taking shots at you know, opposing players, you know, with cruel intent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that defense has never recovered from that. Um, which, I guess, really means... I mean, Rob Ryan was... He, he was the, the, the DC, right, at the time? Yeah. Behind all that, I mean, heck, you can't argue that he's a really good defensive-minded... Or a really good defensive coordinator. Um, 
it's just sad to see that you know he he was part of such a, a nefarious you know a dark time in the league really mm-hmm. yeah but like with the Saints how is Peterson going to fit in with that offense I mean or is he accepting that he's not going to be a number one option I don't know if he's accepting that I think he thinks he still has something left in the tank um I think moving to New Orleans will really help him, especially getting out of uh, Minnesota. Like we said, they, except for one Teddy Bridgewater season, they've had piss poor quarterback play. So mm-hmm. when you line up against the uh, whatever defense they were lined up against, there'd be eight men in the box. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see eight men in the box against Drew Brees. So it's going to make it easy. He'll have better running routes. It'll be easier for him to run. Um, hot take: He comes back and has a twelve thousand yard season. Twelve thousand? Huh? Two thousand? No. Twelve thousand? I'm sorry. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred. Yeah. Twelve hundred yard season. Uh, with like ten plus touchdowns. And he looks like sort of like an old, like the old Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson of old. But even saying that, I, I'm picking the Falcons to win this division. Oh yeah, I mean that that offense is so solid all around. Mm-hmm. Um, that defense is good; it's good enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there's just not enough surrounding Cam in Carolina. Mm-hmm. He just does not have enough pieces to get it done for him. Not, I don't think they win the division. They're probably they will be in contention for a wild card though. And Tampa Bay. I feel like everybody has the um, hard knocks hard on for Tampa Bay. But if you watched hard knocks, you saw Jameis Winston just making dumb mistakes time after time. It's like, I I can't trust you if you're still doing that in your, what's it, third year now? Third year? Yeah, I can't. So I'm picking the Falcons. Uh, Moving on, let's go to the, another division I think is pretty easy to pick, the NFC West. Yeah. I have the 49ers all the, I'm done kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I was gonna you're drinking water. I'm like, you're drinking whiskey on me? Uh it's I mean it's clearly the Seahawks yeah, all the way. It's the Seahawks division. That yeah. that team is too well rounded for that division and you know, good enough to get to a Super Bowl still. Yeah. 49ers are rebuilding after everything. Uh the Rams it's just can Jared Goff be decent instead of trash, fire, terrible like he was last year? I don't know. And there's nothing interesting about the Cardinals to me. Yeah, I mean, they still have, what, uh, Carson Palmer? Is he sure. I literally said there's nothing interesting. I, You could bring in five players from the Cardinals with their jerseys on, and I wouldn't. I'd call the police because I have no idea who they are. <laughs> It's just, they're just kind of like this old team that's just there. I feel like, I feel like, uh, Fitz, well not Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald is, you know, he's on the way out, it feels like, and, you know, they, they had a good, I mean, they had a better run than I think most expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, that Super Bowl against, Pittsburgh was one of the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was. Um, so I guess, you know, 
it's safe to say this isn't going to be their year. All right, moving on to the final division, the NFC, the NFC East. Ooh, daddy. This is going to be a great division. These yeah. four teams are just going to beat the dog shit out of each other. And they t- they typically do, every mm-hmm. year in and year out. Mm-hmm. Um, man, who, who, are you, who are you going with this year? Oh, man. I'm stuck between the Cowboys and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly because this seems like one of those years that Eli Manning derp face just puts it all together and they they go 10 and 6 and of course the Cowboys come back to earth after their amazing season last year man I'm really look I'm trying hard not to pick the same division winners as last year but it's um, let's see I can't pick the, the Washington racial slurs because I think Kirk Cousins is going to fall off a cliff this year. Eagles quarterback is, I don't trust Carson Wentz, so. I'm going with the Giants. Okay. Uh, man, let's, let's mix it up a little bit. I'll go with the Redskins. Washington. That Washington team. I think Cousins, I think, I, I, I'll say he won't fall off the cliff yet. Okay. He can't because he's on a he's isn't he the uh, franchise tag? He's franchise tag. He's getting like twenty four, twenty five million. Yeah, maybe he, more. He's got to play well to finally get himself that contract. One thing that I was thinking about, um, Kirk Cousins, he lost both his um, wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson went to Tampa Bay, and Pierre Garcon went to I believe he went to the Forty ers Oh man. No, I'm still going to stick with it. Okay. So you have Washington, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle. Did I say New Orleans? I thought you said New Orleans. Did no, you? Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, no. You started I, talking about New Orleans. I thought you were you, that was your team. No, okay. I was talking more about Adrian Peterson. No, okay. Uh, so you got Washington, Green Bay, Atlanta, and Seattle. I have New York. Green Bay, Atlanta, and Seattle. Uh, who are your wild card teams? Uh, how many do we get? Two. Two. Uh, Cowboys and Giants. I don't see anybody, any other team out of the rest. I have Cowboys and Panthers. Okay. Fair enough. So moving to the AFC, which division you want to start with? Let's look at the AFC North. Oh god, you talk about teams that like to beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Ah man. Okay, the well, Browns. They all typically beat the crap out of Cleveland. That's true. The, Only. the Browns are the Browns, and they are rebuilding, so they're out. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about Ben Roethlisberger? I've never really liked him, mm-hmm. but I understand that you know he's when he's healthy, he's durable. Well, he's when he's not durable. When he's healthy, he's still good. Mm-hmm. He's still one of the best top what seven quarterbacks in football. Yes, cannon of an arm still, um, and they they always surround him with 
great pieces. Mike Wallace, Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. You know, every quarterback needs weapons. He has them. Needs a, a damn good receiver and a damn good running back, and he's got them again. So, you know, Steelers and Steelers, man, they're they're always going to be good. That team, that organization, has always found a way to be good, year in and year out. Why do you ask? Uh, my thing about um, Rosberger is all the injuries that he sustained in his career. They haven't like put him on the shelf for a long duration of time. But to me, injuries are one of those things. Over time, they just build up. Uh huh. And you don't get help healthier as you go into your late thirties. Sure. So I'm like he. He'll play 14, 15, 16 games a year, but he'll be basically dragging along. So I'm wondering if this is the year where his body just completely fails him and he... All the wheels fall off. He, exactly. Ah, okay. Now that's completely in the realm of possibility. Uh, but, I, you know, I'll wait till I... You know, I'll believe it when I see it at this point. Because he's... Yeah, he's... Always been banged up, but he's found a way to play through it. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, which team are you picking? I didn't even talk about the Ravens and Joe Flacco. I'll go with the oh, man. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the Bengals last year. It's not good. I'll go Baltimore. Really. I guess. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything what's going on this year. <laughs> I got over that. Even saying all that, I'm still going with Pittsburgh. I'm trying to mix it up, but yeah, Pittsburgh, you can't. You can't uh, go wrong picking them. All right. Uh, let's go on to the next division. Let's make it the AFC East. Okay. New uh, England. Yep. Yeah. They lost on Thursday night, the home opener. That was just surprising. Really surprising. But um Y'all let if uh, any if any team is going to learn from their mistakes and, and put it all together after and come back hungrier after a loss, it's that team. Yeah, would you be surprised at the end of the year they end up they end up fourteen and two? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they went fifteen and one. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be a little bit on the edge, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I would have hated to be in the locker room last night or Thursday night mm-hmm. after that loss. If I'm not Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. I oh because Tom Brady is probably ripping the offensive line a new a new one. Like did you watch that game? I saw some of it. Like Whoever the defensive coordinator is going to light a fire on their ass, there's no way you let Alex Smith come in your house and and put 42 up on you. Look like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Um, do, you, do we even need to talk about those teams? No. Jets, Dolphins, Bill. Jets are definitely rebuilding. Bills and Dolphins are too mediocre to do anything. Uh, okay. Moving on, we're going to the AFC West. Man, after... After the way the Chiefs played last night, mm-hmm. it's hard to argue with them. But that Oakland team, that Oakland team is stacked. That offense is stacked. 
See, I was going to pick Kansas City until the news that um, Eric Berry, their standout safety, yep. uh, torn, tore his Achilles that's out awesome. for the season. And, uh, that's one of the guys I root for. He had battled cancer a while ago, yep. came out um, healthy, and now just to have this happen and be out for another year is uh, so crushing. Yeah, I mean, you hate to see guys like that go down. Um. So, and he's, you know, he's the defensive leader, right? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do when, you're, when your captain goes down? It's, it's hard to right that ship. Um, but even, even if this hadn't have happened, even if this didn't happen, man, that Oakland team just, I mean, they got better. They got better by adding LaSha- uh, Marshawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. You know, that offense could be very scary this year. Um, and I like it. I like it. I, Derek, I like Derek Carr is a dark horse MVP candidate. Yep. I mean, he's he really is the car that got away for this for the Texans. Yeah. I mean, man, imagine that guy on any team. Really, mm-hmm. he makes the way he's playing right now. He makes just about any team much better. <sighs> Sad news for us. <laughs> um, so I'll go Oakland. You go Oakland, man. Um, what do you think about the Chargers? Anything at all? Phil Rivers still there? Yeah. Antonio Gates still there? Mm-hmm. In two years, they'll have to start rebuilding. If not this year or next, oh, within within two years, mm-hmm. at some point, rebuilding will start it. So I really don't have much to say about. And then there's the Denver Broncos. Who just signed the American Dream? That's gonna be his nickname for us, the American Dream, Brock Osweiler. <laughs> In case you're wondering why we call him that, just imagine you get overpaid for a job you're not qualified for, get fired, and then get hired for another job you're probably not qualified for. That is the American Dream. <laughs> Man, that yeah. Good lord, I can't believe that guy. Went back to Denver. He got back with Denver. Good Lord. Got paid and went back. The American dream. <laughs> uh, but I agree with you. I think Oakland runs away with this division now, especially with uh, what we just said, Barry being hurt. Uh, so last but not least, AFC South. Texans all the way, man. Yep. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I'll always say Texans mm-hmm. year in and year out. Sorry, we got quiet. Mar- Marlon Gonzalez gave one a ride, but it was caught the wall. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Texans can never trust the Jags. Colts don't know about um, Lux Health. And the Colts have basically tossed away their last three drafts with terrible decisions. And the Titans, well, I'll see if the experts are right or, or if I know what I'm saying. Um, wild card. I think we – did we agree with every division? Probably. You picked the Steelers, right? Yeah. All right, then we did. So give me your two wild cards. You know, give your hand. No one out of the AFC East. Yeah, KC and uh, Baltimore, I guess. <sighs> you picked KC and Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to cover my ass real quick. I'm picking KC and Tennessee. Okay. 
So, uh, who you who is your pick for MVP this year? Ooh, boy, that's that's a tough one. That's my next to last question. I only got one more left. Next to last. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll go Aaron Rodgers. Damn, I'll stick with. He is my quarterback on my fantasy team, so mm-hmm. I need him to have an MVP season to salvage something of my team. Uh, let's see. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers, and then Derek Carr. Stole your thunder. But I need a guy who's good, but it's kind of off the, that no one's talking about. So I would pick the one and only, Russell, the man muscle, Wilson. Not a bad pick either. That's not, I mean, that guy has all the tools to be, mm-hmm. to stay in the top five for a long time. As long as his offensive line doesn't get him killed, he'll be yep. great. All right, so last question. It's a two-parter. Give me your Super Bowl pick, your Super Bowl teams, and your Super Bowl winner. Oh, boy. <sighs> I mean, obviously, I want it to be Texans. Okay. Texans and... Uh, Texans and Packers, man. Let's see some. Let's see Rogers, Rogers and the Texans, and I'll of course pick the Texans. So you pick the Texans against the uh, the Packers. You are thinking with your heart here, my friend. I am. I'll, I'll be the first to admit. Uh. I, on the other hand, am just thinking with cold, hard logic. I'm picking the New England Patriots. <laughs> and we're going to have a rematch. The Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Falcons? Hmm? Oh, a rematch from two years, three yeah. years ago. Ah, uh, that rematch. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. And I am picking the Seahawks to Ooh. get a little revenge against Tom Terrific <laughs> and bring home the trophy to the Northwest. Okay. All right. Either I mean, I, that's still going to be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. That's still going to be a good, good game. So I look forward to that, too, if that if that were to happen. Oh, me too. Me too, my friend. Anything else for you? No, nah, man, we, we covered a lot. It's yeah. good to be back. It's good to get things back on track. Mm-hmm. Oh, before I forget. Yeah. So, uh, playing out a podcast for after the Texans game. I need you to get a microphone before Sunday, sir. We need to do it over Skype. And you want to know why? Oh, because you'll be working? <laughs> well, I work 6 to 3. Okay. So I'll be working. What I'm going to do is record the Texans game. When I get off, I'll watch it, Skype you, and we'll go over it. Okay. And then we'll put it out on Monday or Tuesday, the Texans, whatever their Monday night game is. Okay. So you, sir, go get a mic. Now yeah. it's Friday. I'll take care of it tomorrow. Okay. Uh, man, guys and gals, thanks again as always for tuning in. Um, let's all still stand together. Uh, Houston strong. That's that's the hashtag that everybody likes to use, and there's nothing wrong with it, man. That's gonna be the hashtag for any kind of disaster ever. Boston strong. Yeah. Houston strong. Florida strong. It's just it's just simple and it works. It works, man. It it really does. And uh, you know, we again hope. Everybody out there is uh, getting um, back on track, back to normal as much as they can. Um, and uh, for those 
who are not able to as easily. Mm-hmm. Guys are in our thoughts always. And uh, just know that people are, are, everybody's out there. Everybody, you know, people want to, everybody wants to do their part mm-hmm. uh, as much as we can. You know, no, uh, yeah. That's, I think that's the best way I can put it at this point. Um, yeah. And uh, made us proud, Houston. Still, you know, still were able to pull together um, and take care of, still take care of a lot of people. Yeah. Still standing. Just got to rebuild now. That's it. And um, just want to say that we're keeping an eye out for people in Florida. Yeah. People in islands in the Caribbean. Um, I hate doing the the hokey hopes and prayers thing, but I really hope and pray that everyone can make it to see the next day. Yeah. These hurricanes are no joke. Not at all. Yeah. So, well, thank you again for tuning in. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back at this again and uh, find us all over social media. It, uh, I don't feel like Twitter. giving. I don't feel like giving out the handles. We we're going on a somber note. Yeah. All right. And thanks for listening, guys. Peace, Anthony. I'm De Quincey. Later, babies.